Hello everyone and welcome to the final episode of our podcast mini-series on climate adaptation. So far we've had the chance to discuss climate science with Professor Gail Whiteman and water as an enabler with international water envoy Henk Ovink. Today I have the pleasure to welcome not one but two special guests from the city of Rotterdam. Welcome gentlemen. Uh, These two gentlemen are Arnold Molinar, he's the Resilience Officer for the City of Rotterdam, and Johan Verlinde, the Programme Manager for the Rotterdam's WE Award. I hope I pronounced it correctly. Really nice to have you with us today, gents. Um, Perhaps we can start with some short introductions. Arnold, would you like to introduce yourself and tell us uh, about what you're busy with? Okay, well, first of all, of course, thank you for inviting us. Um, 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 So my name is Arnoud Molenaar and I'm the Resilience Officer at the City of Rotterdam, working on resilience uh, in general, um, and that's about how to deal with shocks and stresses, you could say, Uh, and one of the shocks and stresses is climate change. Uh, so that's part of it. And um, originally, I, 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 a long while ago, I studied physical geography. So that's more or less my, my background. I worked on water adaptation and now resilience in, in all kinds of uh, positions. Nice. It's hard not to be connected to water with the city of Rotterdam. Uh, yeah, I think. sure. That's, that's, that's quite, that, that should be quite complicated. Yeah, but it's, it's fun. Yeah, it sounds like a great <laughs> role. We're looking forward to hearing more about it. Johan, would you like to introduce yourself? Yes, of course. Yeah, I lead the climate adaptation program uh, for the city of Rotterdam. And uh, Arnaud did it before me, so uh, I stand on the shoulders of, uh, of giants. Yeah, <laughs> um, Because we work on climate adaptation for quite some time. But our new program is called uh, Rotterdam's Weerwoord. And in Dutch, that's like, uh, it's like, uh, it has a double meaning. Because Weerwoord is like uh, respond to something. And it has also the word weather in it. So it's our response to the changing weather. Uh, we do a lot of projects on climate adaptations in, uh, in, in six teams, like heat, drought, land subsidence, uh, rainfall, flooding, and groundwater. Yeah, so it's, it's like it's, it's, it's a big uh, perspective on climate uh, change. That's what I work on now for three years. Almost. Yeah, climate change is a really broad topic, but it's really nice that you've picked these areas where the city really needs to focus on. So. Yes, it's urgent. Yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. Um, One of the things that I think is really nice to talk about with you both is that um, I think a key part of your job is the networks which the City of Rotterdam participates in and the programmes which are really important not only for the City of Rotterdam but for cities around the world faced with resilience and adaptation challenges. And beyond that, perhaps also the importance of collaboration, not just for government sectors in all those cities, but how do you bring in the private sector? How do you bring in uh, the finance sector and those kind of uh, things? I'd really love to hear your perspectives on that. Is there one of you who's really keen to talk to me about this uh, element of uh, climate? Maybe Johan can start about the, yeah. the local networks. And, uh, yeah, the, lo- the local networks are really important. But the, the key of Rotterdam's Weerwoord is that we do it together with the city. We cannot do it alone. Like years ago, we were like, the city knows what's right for the citizens. We have the solutions and we do it. But that's, that's not 2021. Now it's, it is about collaborating with everyone. So we work together with the citizens who are really important, uh, uh, local businesses, uh, water boards, of course, um, and the social housing corporations, which have a big role in Rotterdam. Almost half of the houses in Rotterdam are in the hands of social housing corporations. So we cannot do it alone because 60% of our city is private property. So we, we, we collaborating is key. 
and also in the international context. We have to learn from other cities all around the world. They all maybe already have a solution or have the weather that we will get in 10 years, right? So they already thought about it. So that's why that's so important for us to work together. Yeah, maybe the programs don't have such a clever uh, play on words name as uh, the real award. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I think that that's really great. So it's collaboration on a local scale and also then on an international scale. Yeah, true, yeah, true, true. Really powerful. Uh, and Arnaud, what, what kind of programs are there that are running locally but also internationally? Yeah, so as, as Johan mentioned, and uh, I think it's already more than a decade ago that Rotterdam became member of the C40, and that's, which is a really a, a key uh, city network uh, globally. And uh, in 2014, to be precise, we, we, we became member of the, the Resilient City Network, uh, formerly the 100 Resilient Cities, and now the Resilient City Network. And, well, it's crucial, as, as Johan mentioned, and so uh, all cities are, uh, of course, different and unique, but they are more or less facing the same climate change challenges. And, and, and um, often related to water. And so, um, and, and instead of everybody finding out, uh, inventing uh, their own wheel, it, it, it's, it's crucial to, 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 um, um, to exchange this and to help each other. Um, uh, yeah, so that's actually, well, the main topic, of course, knowledge exchange of, of these networks. But the second thing is that we, we can organize ourselves and put water climate adaptation higher on the agenda, also internationally. And that's also, I think, a, a crucial thing. Within uh, a few decades, more than 70% of the, the, the mankind will live in cities and a lot of coastal cities, and they are growing fast. And at the same time, climate is changing and is also speeding up. So doing nothing is not an option. No, that's that's absolutely uh, clear. And I, I think uh, you mentioned, you, know, you have these different themes and mm -hmm. now you're saying on out, of course, actually all cities because of climate change are fundamentally faced with these same topics. Do you see that it's nice that you've divided the Rotterdam programme into these themes and then you can use those themes to go out and share the Dutch knowledge which has been accrued over quite a few uh, decades and centuries. Um, do you find that quite helpful that you've got these focus areas to work on? Yeah, I think so, because it, usually it's all about water. So about rainfall or about flooding. But we see also now in Rotterdam that heat and drought is becoming more and more an important topic to work on. Uh, so we know a lot about water, but we don't know much about heat and drought. We know something, we know the effects. And that are things like we have a big, a good cooperation with Singapore. Singapore is also like a densely populated city near at the coast. Um, and they have circularity in their mindset. So everything that they do is about collecting rainwater. And they have a lot, like they have 3,000 millimeters a year, where we have 900, I think. So they have oh, a lot more Oh, and we think rainfall. it rains here we all say, the time. Yeah. <laughs> But they, they, they clean all their storm water and use it as drinking water. Um, oh, wow. They do a lot on heat reduction. So they have like skyscrapers that are green. So that for us is a big inspiration uh, to maybe uh, yeah, use that in our city. 
Okay, nice. And and you talked a lot now on the local level, both of you, about working with the local housing corporation, the residents of the city, and then also on an international level. Do you see the need or already involvement from, for example, financial institutions for financing of making our cities more resilient or private sector coming forward with their own ideas and developments which can you can work together with them? Is, is that happening? Is it something that we need to, to drive some force behind? more sure yes the, the, the short answer is yes and 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 uh, but uh, but of course because um, uh, I, I think it's so the cities they they of course are somehow in, in charge of, of taking the measures they did their responsibility um, uh, in, in, in spatial planning etc because water adaptation really has to be interlinked uh, better and from the beginning in spatial planning um, but without the knowledge and expertise of the, the private sector, and uh, but also other key stakeholders, and but also financial institutes, when you talk about the global perspective, it is it's crucial to 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 work together. Um, of course, we here in Europe maybe have a little bit a luxury position. We we are able to to de- well to to use the knowledge and and expertise to to, to design adaptation strategies and and, and start implementing. But there are a lot of well cities and uh, and continents even where where this this is less fortune and we we have to work together with with the financial institutes. So, so that's why also it's important to uh, to address this on a global level and 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 because there's a lot of attention paying to to states heads of states and and, and financial in- institutes for so far are, are, are mainly focusing on states levels and, and 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 not cities so that that's a really important issue yeah absolutely i i want to mention because i i think that this really matches this discussion we're having a tool which van orders developed which we're we're launching at cas on the 25th of january where we've divided the coastlines of the world up into 10 kilometer segments and then applied climate-related data, but also populations. Is the land low-lying? How is the sea level rise going to affect those locations? And of course, you primarily see every time the same deltas, the same cities, the same areas of coastline, the world over popping up. And the Netherlands is also one of those areas that pops up, I think, on every risk map because it is so low-lying all the way pretty much to the border with Germany. Uh, But the challenge we have is how do you take the knowledge and and everything that you've learned here in the Netherlands over the last hundreds of years and share that but also exactly as you say maybe for those countries this isn't what's on the top of the agenda and they don't have the financing or the the structure in place to address these challenges I think that that's one of the things where we we will for example can't solve that alone as Van Ord with all our nice technical solutions that we have you need to bring together all the different collaborations to be able to deliver solutions for those areas where maybe yeah this isn't high up on the agenda for them yet mm, yes yeah, and, I, and I, I to be honest I think it's also a, a big step for a company like Van Ord to to share your knowledge and to to uh, to work with a more open open source uh, uh, approach yeah yeah, I, I believe that that's really the only way now going forward that we're going to be able to quickly, because you mentioned we don't have a lot of time and we have a lot of work to do. Yeah. Uh, it's one of the only ways we're going to be able to address in time this challenge. I think the UN literally came out this week and said people are not doing enough at the moment to address the, the impacts they're going to feel mm. from climate. because. 
we have been very focused on, okay, how are we going to stop climate change, which is so incredibly important, but exactly the work that you are both doing to also make us more resilient to adapt the cities of the world. It's, it's so critical, the coming period as well. Sure, yeah. Yeah, and, and I think also maybe urgent to mention is we, we are all focusing on on recovery from COVID right now. That's a huge crisis, but we are forgetting that we actually already were in a crisis. So yeah. we, we are at least facing two crises at the same time. And, and uh, so also solutions in, in the COVID uh, field. Um, we, we, we strongly urge cities to, to, to combine these, these measures. If, if, you, if you are going to invest in, in new infrastructure in your city, from the from the beginning, it has to be adaptive. Yeah? So, com invest in multifunctional solutions. Yeah, actually, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's a really really strong point, Arnaud. And and do you think there are other things from COVID which we can also take away? Because you're talking about on the Rotterdam level that you collaborate with the community that yeah. you collaborate. And actually, I think for all the negativity around COVID, we've also seen incredible positivity and in how people come together and respond to a crisis. Does that give you some hope? Do, do you think there are learnings there that we can take forward with this, with the climate crisis? What I've seen last year in 2020 was that people like to do something to their own homes, to their own gardens, and maybe even together with their neighbors to their own streets. So we had a competition planned. It was already planned before COVID. It was the competition between Amsterdam and Rotterdam, which city can remove the most tiles out of the, uh, the city. <laughs> <laughs> and Rotterdam and Amsterdam, it's, 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 we are competitive, right? Especially hmm. when it comes to soccer. This Sunday we have a game. And <laughs> and, yeah, and that will make some of our listeners happy and perhaps some not so much, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, but it, it really was a competition and people wanted to do something. And we saw this, those facade gardens, so small gardens next to your homes. They were popping up everywhere in the city. So people really want to do something and they start small. And then they collaborate with their neighbors, some neighbors they don't even know before, right? So it's already doing something together. And you really see the, the need for pe from people to do something to make their city more beautiful. And at the same time, they tackle the effects of climate change, but you make it small. And that's also something we've learned, I think. Because when you, you ask people, fix the climate problem with us, they say, okay, what can I do? Like and on my own house level. But start small and act big. Yeah. Mm. And and are we allowed to ask who the winner was between uh, yes, Rotterdam and Amsterdam? Yes, of course. It Amsterdam? was Rotterdam. Of course, of course. <laughs> yeah, as a Rotterdam resident, it makes me very uh, happy as well. <laughs> no, that's really nice. You mean just the patio tiles in front of people's houses? They could lift them up and yeah, put yeah. plants in there. Put plants in there. Small but really great action. Exactly. Make your street more attractive. Good for biodiversity and some rainwater can infiltrate. It's only small, but it's a start. That's really great. Those are exactly the kinds of things also that people can really uh, hook onto and, and take up in, yeah. their only in their own daily life. Yeah. Yeah, and, and the crucial thing, if I may say, is, is to, that, that cities invest in adaptation on all those scales. So we, we literally have to, to work on the scale of a tile up to well uh, the, the storm surge barrier which is a huge uh, huge um, 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 uh, how do you call it <laughs> technical uh, yeah, um, instrument but uh, and maybe also good to mention that the, the, the local politicians in our city also um, uh, launched the, the so-called big seven there are seven big projects in the city 
Um, and, and one of the focus points is adaptation. So, so we are going to green the city and, and um, as part of, well, the, you could say resilient recovery of, of, of COVID. And, uh, and I think that's, that's, that's well, an example, maybe also for other cities. And so that's just keep on investing, but do it in an adaptive way because it's, it's a win-win-win situation. Yeah, absolutely. No, I really like that positive looking forward as we hopefully in 2021 going to come out of the COVID uh, crisis. Um, are there other programs or networks that you think are really important to mention here that you feel are, are doing or are going to really uh, help to take steps in the climate adaptation field or climate resilience? Mm, regarding city networks, I think we, we, we mentioned a couple. I think it's, 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 it's good also to mention, of course, what's going to happen on the 25th. Eh? And, and, and uh, so there is a, a huge conference um, um, uh, they're about accelerating adaptation and that's that's i think the topic uh, what we all uh, have on our minds right now and <clears throat> and and is it already uh, good for you that i mentioned uh, the program that we want to launch of course uh, yeah of course <laughs> yeah so so together with a coalition and it's the, the global center on adaptation that uh, uh, that's now uh, with the headquarters in rotterdam and the WRI, the World Resources Institute, the Resilient Cities Network, and the UN Habitat, they, um, well, that, that's, you could say, uh, a starting a coalition, and, and they um, will launch, uh, endorsed by a lot of cities that will participating in the Mayor's Forum, uh, the so-called Thousand Cities Adapt Now program. And just to make a bold statement to, to show uh, that uh, also to the financial institutes that, that it's serious, that we really have to speed up. Uh, and, and that's why we came up with this, this program and a number of thousand cities uh, that we want to work with uh, the coming decade. And, uh, and a lot of other partners uh, are involved and uh, we are really looking forward also to talk about Fonord with this <laughs> uh, um, because it's, I think you know, all knowledge is, uh, is uh, crucial right now. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it sounds like a fantastic pro program and I think you know, you talk about C40 cities, like thinking about 40 cities is kind of something that people can perhaps get their head around, but a thousand cities is really... It's, it's a large number. It is a large number, but when you start to cooperate together, uh, because there are a lot of actors active in a lot of cities, but not working together. So that's already first step, start working together and combine your programs and, and find synergy also regarding funding. And uh, But of course, um, to reach out to so many cities, we need additional funding. But we have a, st a, st a starting funding and so we can start in the first batch of cities. It's, I think it's a good thing that with thousand cities, you can also invite smaller cities to cooperate because all the, the C40 and the other networks are about mega cities. Exactly. Who have the funds available? What, what yeah. about the smaller cities? Yeah. The yeah. medium-sized cities. That's that's actually where where the work now has to be done. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That, and that's indeed why it needs to be on such a scale. Yeah. I can imagine exactly. a thousand. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And as you mentioned already, because they're all facing the same challenges. So it's yeah, yeah. exactly. And we are talking about a period of, of ten years. So and and after ten years, it it, it will it really becomes crucial to become uh, to a certain level adaptive by that time. <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, not not only for these thousand cities, but for actually all cities. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's a time reference of how much work we have to do, uh, indeed. And and what I think, and it's something that makes me proud as a resident of Rotterdam, is that Rotterdam is really taking a leading role in this, not just for Rotterdam, but for all these global cities as well. Do, would you like to say something about the leading role of Rotterdam yeah. in this uh, challenge? Well, I think... Like Rotterdam has this unique position next to the river, next to the sea. Uh, 85% of Rotterdam is below sea level. So we are working on adaptation for years. And if we didn't do that, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be here at this time, right? So we have a lot of knowledge with we, which we want to share. And I think, uh, and we have uh, um, bold people who think about crazy ideas and implement it in our city. And, and, and people notice it and other cities notice that. Like we have our water squares where we collect water, but 95% of the time it's not raining. And in other times you can use it for sporting or for anything else. And that's caught the attention of the whole world, I think. So before COVID, we had around 70 to 80 uh, foreign delegations visiting Rotterdam uh, every year. And we and Arad and I showed them around. And, and we are very willing to show what we have learned. And uh, yeah, that's key, I think. And, and how have you managed that knowledge sharing to keep that momentum during COVID then? Because you have indeed been really uh, not allowed in the office and doing everything digitally since March. So has that been a challenge as well to keep the momentum during this period? I think so, yeah. But at the same time, um, online webinars are very easy now. So um, this Sunday, I, on Sunday evening at 10, I give a presentation for Sydney and Monday 7 in the morning to Mumbai. So you can go to very different locations in a short amount of time. So it's actually accelerating maybe uh, sharing the knowledge. Yeah, that's amazing. And people can join from all over the world and actually suddenly your reach becomes bigger. Yeah, yeah. Oh, fantastic. That is really nice to hear. And uh, yeah, I agree. And I think that that's really nice for the Climate Adaptation Summit. It's also a fully online event over 24 hours so that all those different time zones can also uh, uh, call in over the time. Um, back to the leading role which Rotterdam is taking because as you expressed and we've talked about the Dutch have this this amazing basis of knowledge and we would indeed all have wet feet otherwise um, that's not a situation which is valid for all cities all over the world actually I think it's quite unique for a lot of Dutch cities but perhaps not many cities the world over but some of the other topics are perhaps also relevant for other cities uh, you mentioned drought, uh, for example, um, and water management. How do you translate between Rotterdam and other cities to f sort of find where the, the similarities are and share the knowledge? So, yeah, so maybe I can, I can mention a few things and please add, uh, Johan. So, of course, one of the entry points are, are these themes. And, and 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 maybe also uh, related technical innovation solutions but I think also crucial is is the how the, the approach yes, and, and and we strongly believe also based on our own experiences that it's crucial for cities to at least design an overall integrated climate adaptation strategy and that helps you to really find out uh, where and when and what kind of solution you have to to to, to apply um, and and 
And such a strategy in, 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 in developing this, in designing this, is crucial to do this together with all the relevant stakeholders. And, 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 and that's also maybe um, a part of the Dutch uh, experiences that we can explain, if, uh, explain and share. Yeah. Um, uh, and it's, it sounds maybe quite, quite uh, an open door. I don't, don't know if that's an English expression. Yeah, but, <laughs> but that's, that's uh, also, I think, part of, of the things that we can share. And at the same time, we can also learn a lot of other other countries and cities and, uh, and especially when you look ahead in the future and we are talking about speeding up sea level rise uh, and then also for us that's that becomes uh, we, we will get a new situation uh, that we have to, to, to come up with you know, scenarios and and um, and also well exchange these scenarios with other countries and cities Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. It's actually nice because it links back to some of the topics we discussed with Henk Oving in last week's podcast, where he also talked very strongly about the importance of engaging your stakeholders exactly. on all levels to make sure also that the solution you're delivering, I think, Johan, you said something in the beginning, like in the past, it was like, we're the city and we're going to do this. And now it's really about understanding what do the people need? How are they being impacted? And, and then bringing solutions and, and I think your suggestion and how you do it uh, are now looking at different scenarios and then assessing how that's impacting the people. I think it's very powerful and links really well, which I hope is the message Henk is also going around the world and uh, sharing as the international envoy. Um, so yeah, I think that that's, that's really great. It would be really nice to hear some perhaps very concrete examples also beyond the, the tile project, which is amazing, um, of what the city of Rotterdam is doing also on different scales and also perhaps linking back to this idea that you need to collaborate with all the different stakeholders. Some I, examples from both of you of, of what is Rotterdam doing? To yeah, I can, I can start. So um, our program is divided into four pillars. So first of all, it's public space. Yeah, well, I, we already discussed. So uh, water squares, etc. Then it's the existing built environment. So we want to transform all the buildings that are there. There are a lot of flat roofs in our city, which now have this, uh, this black uh, material. You can transform it into green roofs, water storing roofs. So we have a subsidy program for that. So everyone with a house or a building in Rotterdam can get subsidy if he, if he does something or she to the, to the roof, to the facade or the garden. Then we have the new built environment, and that's key in Rotterdam because uh, our, 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 the city government wants to build 50,000 50, homes in the next few years. Means a lot of concrete in our city. So make the, make the buildings already climate proof. So we work together with the real estate developers that they incorporate water storages in their designs. And then I look to Singapore, like with the green yeah. facades and the green buildings, maybe we can have that. So. That, that's, that's one thing. And then the last one is the, the Rotterdammers. We want to move the Rotterdammers, not move them to somewhere else, but engage the Rotterdammers. So that's, that's really where we start discussions with every neighborhood, because every neighborhood in Rotterdam is different. For They sure. have their own climate challenges, different people living there. So we start discussion with them, but also with the businesses that are there. Start the discussions, make them aware of what's going to happen, because I don't think a lot of people in Rotterdam know uh, w where they live, that they live minus six below sea level. We feel so safe in, in, in our city that yeah. people aren't aware of what's, what can happen, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's also, I think, quite hard to visualize. Uh, even, you know, as a resident of the city, if you say to me, yeah, Rachel, you live 
minus six meters. If I even think about my house and I think about what that means, yeah, I, I would be very much underwater. But that's really hard for people to to get their head around visually. So that's yeah. that's also the the challenge in collaborating with with the Rotterdamers, let's say, and and trying to get them to understand the problem because. Yeah, it's not in your daily. Because the Dutch are so good at water management, it's not a daily threat for the people here. Not like, for example, in Jakarta, where those people have wet feet three times a year. It's it's perhaps yeah even less in the minds of it's, the people here. It's not in their minds at all. So I, I joined some discussions with those neighborhoods the last year. Um, and I had a presentation about rainfall and, uh, and, and flooding. And they were like, the only thing... Um, I see from climate change, it's now 35 degrees in my bedroom. Yeah. That's that's the thing they notice an now. And, and I've bought the two air conditionings, yeah. of course. Yeah, that's that's the thing they notice now. But yeah, maybe it's because we are building dikes and storm surge barriers for years and years that people tend to feel safe. And they are safe, of course, but a lot can happen. Yeah, yeah. And But how do you face that challenge in those discussions? Because you need to shift their mindset. Like, hey, guys, yeah, I understand it's 35 degrees in your bedroom a couple of weeks a year, which is challenging for all of us. But actually, the more pressing problems are this, this and this, because that's all about perception. And It's starting the discussion. Just talk with them, show them what can happen and uh, also show them that they are safe, of course. Um, but it's also a challenge to, to motivate them to take action because you actually pay a lot of taxes in the Netherlands for water. And people say, okay, I paid my taxes, please fix it. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's perhaps what's different in the other parts of the world is maybe they don't pay so many taxes or they're impacted in a different way. So the discussion is probably slightly different or their true, motivations true. are are slightly different. Yeah, and I, and I think <clears throat> the fact that um, um, we do not like COVID, we do not face it all uh, individually. The, 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 so climate crisis is really um, uh, a slow killer, you could say. It's, it's yeah. a slow process, and that's and that's part of the problem. And 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 uh, and that's on on an individual basis. But but we every every individual, every city, every country really has now to start working to adapt. Um, um, and that's complex because you you have to invest in in measures, spend money, uh, because maybe in the future things will happen. Um, but well now. Uh, currently, there are things happening that we predicted ten years ago. So it's 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 really crucial to do so. But it's also not only to focus on the challenges and the, and the, and the problems. A part of convincing people and the politicians to act is also to show um, uh, the possibilities and the opportunities to work on a greener city. So if you say, okay, let's let's work on on greening our city and invest in, in nature-based solutions, everybody is happy. But that are the measures <laughs> that yeah. we also need to become climate adaptive. So it's yeah. it's really important how to how to frame things and 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 it even can be in our case business yeah, because we we do have a lot of knowledge and uh, partners and a lot of um, private companies. And that also can be a part of the well, the whole ecosystem of, of uh, partners that, that work on this challenge. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I think there's some really great examples of, you said Rotterdam is uh, really a city where everyone is sort of allowed to bring all their crazy ideas, which is you can see in the architecture, uh, which is very different to other Dutch cities, of course. Um, but I think that's also true in this space as well. I mean, you have great things happening here, like the Blue City in the old Tropicana swimming pool, mm-hmm. which is now a, a really great space for people to develop on the circular economy. And do you see more examples like this happening more in the climate adaptation? space as well yeah so may, maybe also to mention you know, one the the, the the greening of the of the the, the river embankments yeah, that's that we I think we a few years ago we started with this you could say this is a, a kind of a nature-based so, solution approach and and uh, of course we are a city with a port so you, so so you need um, a, a hardcore hardcore hard stony embankments uh, so sorry um, uh, but we identified i think 11 or more kilometers that, that we that we uh, that we can um, um, transform into more greener and more natural embankments which also contributes to the safety uh, because the, the whole system uh, including a, a foreland a habitat for 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 uh, for a, 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 well, a river ecosystem is also re- reducing the the, the, the the wave strength and eh, to, to be a yeah. little bit technical but yeah so so it's 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 this this is really a win-win-win situation because it's good for the quality of the river and it's, it's well it's 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 a good view of course it's good for the biodiversity um, but it's also um, uh, in the space of ad- adaptation a good measure and yeah. we can reuse sediments from, uh, from that are dredged from the port so there are a lot of advantages as a city as a coastal city to work on this on this uh, and this is exactly a, an example which you could easily translate to to multiple cities around the world i think and exactly. most cities that are coastal have a river <laughs> Uh, that could t- take up a solution like yep. this. The Delta cities, yeah, as we call them. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah, for me, it's all about working together. Like in a city, we have to do it all, all together. Uh, and especially the private sector, like Van Hort, they can come up with really good ideas. And as a city, we can implement them. So let's join forces. Thank you very much. These were both really nice uh, final statements to end on. And thank you very much for joining us and giving us so much insight on not only the work that has to be done, but also already all the excellent work which you are both uh, doing for the city of Rotterdam and beyond. Um, Well, I'd like to say that's a wrap for us on our final podcast in this mini series on climate adaptation. But be sure to join us for the launch of our climate risk overview tool as part of the Climate Adaptation Summit on the 25th and 26th of January. Find out more and connect with us at fanort.com. Thank you for listening.